0: Doing things without thinking it's is pointless and dumb. Yeah, you might as well be a dog or something. Yeah, you know, which Actually, sounds pretty sounds pretty great. <laughs> Butter- Scotch- shenanigans. Hey, everybody! Welcome to episode one hundred of Coffee with Butterscotch, the Game Dev Comedy Podcast, of Butterscotch Shenanigans. I'm There's Seth. Many and I'm, episodes. I'm the games programmer. I'm Adam, and I'm the HTML avoider. I'm Sam, and I do art slowly and today is may 30th 2017 before we get started we have a warning anything that can happen on this show there's gonna be profanity uh in a jovial sort of joyous sense mm-hmm. joinanity is the mm-hmm. name joinanity mm-hmm. uh there's also gonna who knows what else we're gonna talk about we don't know uh so if you got sensitive ear tubes and you don't want to get them get those irritants in there mm-hmm. nice. point them away irritants put your nice. ear tubes away yeah, it's nice. it's good. yeah you can still you can still <laughs> listen to the podcast. But just make sure to point your ear tubes away from the speakers. Mm -hmm. Also, irritants makes a good podcast title. I think we should just solve that right now. Write it down. Okay, write it down. Perfect. Irritants. That's the podcast where you can just screech for an hour. Uh, All right. So some things A hundred episodes. That's a hundred hours of us sitting in a weird dungeon. Yeah. Well, for the first 30 episodes, we were remote- yeah, sometimes mostly laying in like a bed covered in blankets to muffle the noise. Yeah. <laughs> I would go over to Sam's house. We would both get under the covers <laughs> and then share s- share a headpiece. Sam would <laughs> balance, <laughs> yeah, balance the microphone on, on a, a Kleenex, Kleenex box. box to try to get it closer yeah. to our faces, and then we would share a ear, yeah, share. Yeah, we really we. I think we've missed. An opportunity terribly by not photo documenting the state just kind of everything of the studio because we now have a podcast that uh, that that documents it mm-hmm. not orally hourly Our- Our- yeah. so, exactly uh, so we, we've got that so people can kind of like you know listen to what happened but but the just kind of the trajectory because right now I mean yeah we were like undercovers <laughs> with these shitty microphones and if you go back and listen to like episodes of one tell. through ten that audio is absolute utter garbage mm-hmm. and even when we when we did the 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 pod bot and put all everything on youtube we just didn't even put up the first 28 episodes yeah we have them. we were like we have them nobody needs to hear this yeah the (laughs) the audio is just bad and uh it's like you can can kind of feel that right but there's not there's not a picture of us like in our in our two different states under different Mm -hmm. covers with shitty microphones you know like doing this and then and then where we are now where we're in still clearly a dungeon but a, but we're, a in nice the, we're in the we storage like, room of a basement yeah. right now. But <laughs> we're, we're now surrounded by, <laughs> by moving cloth, blankets. you know, so moving blankets, which actually look, look all right. Uh, and, uh, we, we got, got our these, ten dollar like, card nice, table now, so yeah, we've moved up from the Kleenex right. box, but with like, but with real <laughs> microphones that are just you know on these little robot arms pushed into our mouths. You know, it's like times have changed. <laughs> times have changed. Yeah, the, this is a problem now because we have the we have the robot arms on the microphones, but they are easy to bang. So sometimes yeah. you'll hear somebody whack one in an episode. they <laughs> will yeah. gesticulate a lot, so yeah. it's kind of problematic. But. Yeah. Uh. So also in like radio stations, they have those mics that hang down from the ceiling. That's probably why. So people can freely gesticulate without worrying about it. So that's kind of... we need some of those next. Yeah, Yeah, the future is a legit That's, you know, by episode 200, we need to have robot microphone arms hanging from the ceiling. That'll be, what, in two years? Two years, yeah. And in episode 300, so four years from now, we will be robots Mm -hmm. and the microphones will be people. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Yes. so we had a, we to celebrate the hundredth episode we hosted the butterscotch Shenanigan jam which was last weekend and holy crap oh my gosh that was was quite awesome a thing. yeah it, uh, so, all right so a game jam 48 hour event we release a theme on Friday evening and everybody has 48 hours or in this case we put it up to 50 hours and 10 minutes mm-hmm. uh, for people to turn that theme into a game. And a fully playable game, and then try to you know release it for public consumption. Uh, we hosted the jam through itch.io, and uh, which made it really easy for us to manage everything because thankfully they have all these systems for game jams on there. Mm-hmm. Um, and now the rating period is happening. So, uh, so to recap the stats, we had about three hundred and eighty. How many people signed up? Yeah, 380, 380. It kind of once it hit that point, it just kind of went like slightly up and down for the mm-hmm. for the duration. Yeah. So we were in. Let's see. On um, right before the last day, we had two hundred and ninety something people, mm-hmm. and then on the last day before, almost a hundred people yeah. jumped in, yeah. which was crazy. Um, we got a uh, huge uh, help from from YoYo Games. They posted our. The makers of GameMaker Studio. The makers of Game Maker Studio, who that's what we use maker games, they posted the jam on their uh splash screen basically mm-hmm. of, of Game Maker Studio. So everybody using Game Maker Studio 2 got to see you know a link to the jam and stuff. So that was super helpful. We so also big did, shout out to them. We did post the jam around a little bit on uh various other sites and stuff. So we yeah. tig source and um, did you put it in one of the subreddits? I put it in the game dev subreddit and the game maker subreddit mm-hmm. um we weirdly didn't we we tried to get uh, itch.io to feature it on mm-hmm. the front page and they didn't they featured four other jams oh did they uh, yeah. they were happening around the same time mm. but they didn't feature ours uh they were always next smaller next time yeah, um, maybe they're like those guys are crushing it so hard they don't even need help. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe was well, doing- yeah, it was a it was a big dang jam. Yeah, was uh, and so 132 games got submitted. Yeah, which we our our hope was to get at least 50. Mm-hmm. That was kind of our our bar for like well, if this is a successful jam, we'll get 50 games out of it. Uh, which was again, it's an arbitrary number, but it just mm-hmm. felt like a good. But well, it's also comparing kind of to local jams that we've been in and yep. stuff that we have participated in. It just kind of feels like once you get there's sort of a critical mass where. It starts to become actually difficult to re- to see all of them. Mm-hmm. That's when you know it's around like, fifty. Yeah, yeah, it's around fifty. That's when you know you've done something awesome because yeah. you've actually produced more stuff than a person can even handle. Right? <laughs> right. Yeah, and really cool. so and for reference, like the Global Game Jam, which is I believe the just the largest mm-hmm. game jam period. Probably yeah. that happens every January, and something like twenty thousand people participate. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have a ways to go. to hit that that so yeah I think something like 6,000 or 8,000 games come from the Mm -hmm. global game jam every year um so we're not there yet and then there's also Ludum Dare which Mm -hmm. is a pretty regular game jam that has usually I think they're nowadays pushing like 800 to a thousand submissions per Mm -hmm. Ludum Dare but they're on like they're around number 40 as Mm -hmm. in like they've done the event 40-ish times yeah um, so this was our first ever Shenana Jam. So I think 132 games is a pretty that's incredible, pretty dang good yeah. number. Yeah, so it's super exciting too, because I think uh we our goal was and our, our thought was that we wanted to make it feel like a good community event. Um the computer freaking <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry about it. I got it. So uh, we wanted to make it feel like a good community event because the biggest sort of hurdle oftentimes to starting off in games is is having a crew of people who kind of can support you. And so we were we were really trying to funnel everybody into the the Discord channel, and luckily, most people actually did go into the Discord channel. And so, yeah, with two hundred and fifty people in there, yeah. So if you'd pop in yeah. there, there was just this constant stream of either people being like, "Look what I made," or like, "Hey, hey, can you, you know, I have this programming problem, I can't figure out how this collision's happening," um, and everyone's just helping each other out. And big shout out to a Giant Muskrat, mm-hmm. one of our one of our people who was not able to participate in the jam, but uh, sort of to to compensate, he was. If people uh, sent him a direct message, he would send them money through Venmo to go buy snacks. Yeah. <laughs> so he was, he was <laughs> He's like, like buying, buying food, buying pizza for people. Yeah. And stuff. Um, so like all these like things that we did not plan at all, you know, start happening um, coming out. Of it. And there's like, a bunch of uh, audio and sound people who worked with multiple teams, as they often do. Um, it seemed like they were having a good time. So actually watching that discord was was honestly was very inspiring to see because you uh, we found out that 52 uh, percent of the people who participate in this jam least of the survey respondents, this was their first one. Yeah, and so to walk into a jam community that is just so nice and so helpful, um, and we only we wonderful. only had to ban one person right before, Discord. right as the jam started. Right as the jam, yeah. jam was yeah. started, and then, here's the here's the great thing though, and it was kind of this weird like redeeming thing, <laughs> yeah. which was. This person jumped in the discord and just decided to start, uh, throwing, yeah, just spamming. So just throwing reaction emojis on every single thing that everybody said, Mm -hmm. which just clutters up the discord and makes it hard to parse things and whatever. Distracting and annoying. It's really distracting and annoying. And, you know, it's just somebody just, just sort of like coming into the community and just like dumping crap on everybody. So we just, I requested once that they stop and they just did it to my post and so that was so that's like, banned. oh no you didn't yeah, ban- <laughs> yeah. so again it's kind <laughs> of not a the game that we play Yeah, it's yeah. kind of a we just aren't gonna put up with that because it's our discord and we don't want it to suck mm-hmm. so yeah. we just insta-banned this person um but the best part was then this person was the first person to submit a game for the jam so they actually still participated like, I mean, quickly jam. too i think it was the next yeah. like early the next And, and the something. game they made was you play as them as that person, <laughs> mm-hmm. you're in a Discord server trying to spam everybody with without getting banned. Or no, sorry. The the opponent the villain of the game is that person. Right. Spamming emojis and it's like a bullet hell <laughs> like emojis are flying everywhere. But your eggplants. And then fly you around. play as a little message that's like ban this person. Right. And you're trying to navigate your way through the like stay alive as long as possible and navigate through the bullet hell of the It was emojis. pretty pretty hilarious. I was like, respect. Yeah. yeah. I right. like, did, did, we, did we unban him as a consequence? Or-? No. No. Okay. Uh so <laughs> You've lost privileges. Yeah, no, so that's gone. That's done. So it was really interesting to see that, you know, more than half of the of the people, at least that we can tell were were first timers. And that's that's awesome to us. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I think the the community aspect was great. And um, well, and we tried to make the jam really you know, new person friendly by providing lots of materials ahead of time, Providing like a document that kind of tells you how to, how to do a game jam successfully, try to help people kind of get their mind framed around what right. they were doing. And the reality of course is, and we've talked about this before, is that until you've done one or until you've done really anything, you don't ever have the context necessary to even get instruction about it beforehand. Yeah. So yeah. my guess is if, if those of you who, who this was your first jam, if you actually go back and read over the docs now, yeah, uh, especially the how to jam document, um, most of it will make a lot more sense than it probably did at the start. Yeah, we had, um, we had a few people in the Discord say, or in the in the follow-up survey that we sent out, basically saying something along the lines of, I really like that you guys took the time to reiterate all these things, but I ignored most of it, and now I know I exactly what you <laughs> say, <said that>, right? Because <laughs> again, right. It, you got to make your own mistakes. Yeah, yeah. you got to do it, so. Right. Um, so the other interesting thing was about 62% of our people ended up being solo, mm-hmm. which is, I again, I think actually even more incredible because it's like, Doing your first jam is is a lot. Yeah. Doing it completely by yourself um, is also. And I think that's where the role of the community comes in because yep. you don't actually feel like you're on a team of one. It's just like this huge ball of shenanigans, building tons of cool shit. Yeah. Um, and it's easy. To, it's easy to fall off the wagon too. If if yeah. you're by yourself, making a game by yourself for a whole weekend and nobody cares, nobody's talking to you, mm-hmm. you're just alone. You know, if you just stop working on it, then whatever. Who's gonna right know? Now. Right. Yeah, but if you start. Talking to people, and, and like and then when then you know, when you wake up in the morning, you can see what other people have made, and you can post what you've been working on, right. and people give you feedback, and you know, you're part of something. Well, speaking of waking up in the morning, so you know, we, we did try to stress that people actually sleep, mm-hmm. uh, and and it looks like people did. So most people slept between six and eight hours, yeah, and per the, night, per night, and the eight hour bucket was actually the highest one. So actually, yeah, six, seven, and eight were all all very yeah. high, and it's which possible, which is, all right. reasonable amounts of sleep, but there were some there were some, of oh, you there know, are some low ones who oh, did yeah. not sleep. But it's possible people. that there's a selection bias because the people who didn't sleep Are dead. died, <laughs> and then they couldn't fill out the survey. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's a, yeah, survivorship bias. Yeah, so it's but, a literal survivorship bias. But also, though, we didn't we didn't compensate for the fact that because it is also true that we we collected stats on how many hours people spent working on the jam, mm-hmm. right? And that 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 was across the spectrum, like crazy across the yeah. spectrum. Right? I wasn't expecting that at all. I was expecting people to put in most of their weekend into it, but that really just, I mean, people did, of course, but uh, but there were people that went all the way from basically one hour all the way to mm-hmm. something really stu- stupid, like 40 hours. Yeah, thing. we had someone, we had a few people pop in on the last day and they were like, oh, this is happening? And then they yeah, threw yeah. together. <laughs> right, like right. so some of those people, people who said that they didn't sleep may only have not slept for right. one night or might not even have worked on it for a day. Yeah, right. so... So, that those numbers are probably a little hard to understand. And we did. I mean, there's the truth is, you know, life doesn't stop. You try to you mitigate. We've talked about, you know, being able to mitigate it as much as possible during mm-hmm. uh, sort of jam season so you can focus. But we had, uh, well, I think I took I took two naps because I was just really tired from my we also, shingles. We also went to a barbecue. We went to barbecue on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Our mom came over for lunch on Saturday. Yeah, one of my friends popped by to say hello. Uh, Yeah. On Saturday also. Yep. So, so sure his fiance came by for a while. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, so we actually people, had a people lot of just things. dropping in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is actually an, an, this is an interesting side effect of having a larger team, where it's yes. a double edged sword. Where the more teammates you have, the more likely one of them is going to have some kind of an interruption during the yeah. weekend. So but a team has to be able to operate with yeah. everybody fairly independent. But on the right? flip side, if you have a small team, if one of your two yeah. people has an interruption, then <laughs> half yeah. your team is gone, right? right? So no, it's kind team. of a you know, yeah. mixed bag. So, But speaking of teams, though, I think uh, Adam had a really good idea. We, so we always do postmortems after these uh, after these jams. And the interesting thing here is that we did a postmortem not just about our game that we made, which, by the way, is awesome. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's called Snuppy Rustlin'. Um, if you go to the, our H.I.O. page, um, you, you can find it up there. Yeah, we're pretty proud of it. And mm-hmm. we so we pushed ourselves really hard because so we're working with our, our team of six, which, again, is against what we tell people to do. Yeah, we broke um, most of the rules that we gave to everybody. We else. decided to make a multiplayer card battling game, which is Turn, very turn-based. turn-based, which, again, the slower the gameplay, the more design and programming work has to go mm-hmm. into it. So uh, also broke the rules in that regard. But we've done a few of these, you know. We figured we could probably maybe do it. yeah. well, we the the reason we set out those rules of you know, make a small game, make an action game, blah, blah blah is that for most people, um, yeah so we believe that a jam is to find your limits and under yeah. and for you to understand what's possible for you to do. Mm-hmm and we've done enough of these jams that that we know that you know for for us because as professional game developers who do this every day mm-hmm. uh making a you know small action game sort of like an asteroids game or something um you know that's that's going to be done in the first half hour mm-hmm. so we need to we need to find our own limits you know right. and push things yeah. to stupid levels and so it's kind of like having rules for you know writing right it's like the rules of grammar are the rules of how to compose a a paragraph, all that kind of stuff is there for a reason, which is once you understand that, then, then you, you also know how to out. break, it, yeah. <laughs> then, you, then you know how to start breaking the rules yeah, and, and doing right. things because then you can do it in a way that people understand what it is that you tried to do mm-hmm. instead of thinking, Oh, you just don't know how to write. Yeah. So right. you, you know? start with a lot of structure so right. that you aren't flailing. You know, well, it's interesting then- to me because this is actually the first jam that I participated in. That was, that was a larger team because mm-hmm. the last one that, uh, that, that the team did was the Dragooms one. That was uh, five, of five people. That was five people. Yeah. But I wasn't on that team. I was gone that weekend. Yeah. So uh, this is my first time I'm actually getting to participate, and it was six people total. Um, And so there's there's managing people. There's providing enough information for someone to actually go do the thing that you need them to do. There's, like, team leadership stuff that, yeah, that actually happens. Yeah, which is, yeah. before, when it was just Seth and I, literally no facet of any of those things were happening. Yeah, so, it's, you, it's impossible to have an inconsistent art style with one artist. Well, because like that artist is going to just make whatever they make right, and right. it's probably going to fit. Right. So, so we did a few things that, that worked really, really well, but I think the interesting thing being that, uh, since, you know, half of the people is their first jam and like 60% of the people that were just on a team of one, um, Adam came up with the idea when we were doing our postmortem, not just about our game, which again is good, mm-hmm. not wrestling, um, but about the actual jam itself. We said, okay, how can we do this better next time? And we looked yeah. through the survey responses that we got, um, and a lot, you know, a lot of people sort of express some interest in finding a teammate. And it's clear that everybody's essentially very competent, right? When I mean, you made a freaking game in two days by yourself. Mm-hmm. So you put two of those people together, a lot of fun. But mm-hmm. the question is, how do you match people? Yeah. so Because, as, the, because your team absolutely makes or breaks a jam. Yeah. And this is what we found. The reason we, uh, we don't like the structure of something like the Global Game Jam is actually because of the fact that most people arrive and find a team on arrival. Yeah. And so as a result, you don't know who you're getting involved with. You're actually... Oftentimes, don't even know what their skill level is. Uh, you don't know if you actually vibe with them at all, yep. and so that aspect actually makes your break makes the game jam for you. Yeah, um, yeah. So we well, to, I think the the information asymmetry. Uh, people don't want to be rude, right? yeah. So they don't right. want to say, "Have you ever made a game before?" Because yeah. it kind of sounds like a pointed question, And, right. you know? and yeah, and how capable are you really? Right. Yeah, you know. So you <laughs> yeah, get, right. get a sense because because these don't have to be judgmental. This is all about understanding what your constraints are, right? Because if, yeah. if you have a first time artist or a first time programmer, first time anybody. Uh, or even somebody who's just been doing it for, because because you to become a master of your craft, you got to do it for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. And so there's an enormous spectrum of capability, and it doesn't actually matter where you are on that spectrum. It just matters that everybody knows. But <laughs> everybody needs to know, <laughs> yeah. because those are constraints. And again, it's not bad. It's, it's important to always remember that it's not bad. But, pe- right? but people, people coming into are. a team, especially with a group of strangers, they don't know how that's going to be taken. Exactly. And so they yeah. tend to not say anything. Then people on the other team assume skill yeah, levels. We basically, you stuff, only and, find out by hitting people's failure points. And then those are big agitation. But there's another interesting problem though, which is that, uh, that you also can't, you can't really evaluate your own skill level because context is important, right? You've never experienced the context of being more skillful than you are. Right. And so you, so you only know, you only know where you are relative to things that are less skillful than you, but you don't truly understand where you are relative to things that are more skillful. So if you you. say, I'm a, I'm a really good programmer. Yeah. And then maybe that's true relative to some people and maybe it's false relative to other people, you know? And Who knows what Yeah, that exactly. And, it, and it's actually a very then tricky problem to, to get around because then because it also then makes people feel like they sort of there was kind of false advertising, right? If you come in and right. you're like, oh I'm like I'm a super good Unity programmer or something. And somebody's like, and, Can we make uh, this thing move? And you're like, Oh shit, I don't know how to do that. <laughs> right. And, and again, <laughs> it doesn't mean you were lying, it just means you didn't understand. Right, yeah. The full context of what it means. So to, one, to of, one of the things we want to do is, and then actually provide uh, for this next one that we think would be really fun is a Jam Buddy tool. Which, wait, the next one, which means there will be a next one. There will one. be a next one. So yeah. we yeah. The, the response was just extremely positive. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it seems like you guys really, really loved participating and loved uh, essentially, you know, working alongside us, but at a distance um, because of the Internet. And we think we had basically everybody who did the Jam. I think There's just one. There's only one person in the whole pool who was like, oh, I don't want to do this again. Uh, everybody <laughs> Which else is fair. It's a lot, it's a big thing to do. Yeah. It's a big undertake. thing to do. Uh, about a third of the people said it was, you know, like one of the best things they've literally ever done. Mm-hmm. About a third was like, this is incredible. And then the other third was like, this is about average for a game jam. <laughs> I like, I like <laughs> to imagine that when we sent yeah. out the survey, cause we, cause one of the options was, you know, or the questions, what the question was, how, how do you view the game jam? And then you could say it was the best experience of my life or it was good or it was average you know, or the you worst, know, whatever, experience, or the worst experience of my life. I like to imagine we sent us out, and then somebody who like has a kid or something, and then they they saw the question of "is the best experience of my life." Oh, they're looking at the they're, they're looking at like, child. It's, it's anonymous. It's okay. It's anonymous. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, but I think it was it was really fun to see everybody. Uh, and we, we're still going over all the survey data to kind of figure out what to do. But the Jam Buddies tool is a big piece of sort of what we want to put together for the next one. And it looks like uh, from the survey respondents, people were, were looking for one of these to happen between every four and six months. Mm-hmm. So, likely what we'll do is pick the outer limit of that because yeah. we want these to make sure that they're, they need to be actually irregular enough that they're but still exciting to do. Um, that's one thing we've noticed. And we, you know, we've, we've launched a lot of games. And uh, coming back from GDC one year, Seth and I barked on a quest to make a game every Monday and mm-hmm. launch it. And we did for four Mondays. Uh, the first one got a ton of press. Everyone's like, wow, butterscotch is doing some stuff. And the second Especially one that we, we also made it known that we made the game yeah. in a day. People are like, whoa. Yeah. And but the second don't. one, people were like, oh, that's cool. And the third one, people are like, I don't care anymore. You're drowning me in games. Yeah, Shut up. I'm still you know? playing the last two. <laughs> um, so we need to make sure that it's infrequent enough, but that it's easy for us to manage. Uh, Cause it did absorb it basically last week yeah. uh, across the board. And then um, infrequent enough that it's just a really exciting thing. So, So we'll do the Jam Buddies thing. We'll do it probably in six months or so. We do have a website called Butter Buddies. We bought that? We bought it. (laughs) At some point, we invented that Mm. word, and we were like, we don't know what to do with this, but we like it But we need it. We could use Butter Buddies. So that could be Mm. the the team-finding service. Yeah. And the question is if we want to have this be available (laughs) for jams in general or just for... Butter. it's like the match.com of the jam. Yeah. So we got to figure out what would be good. How do we? Because we also with? own Shenanjam. dot right? So we could also just do everything there. Probably that be the did. place. Yeah. But but butter great. Yeah. But good. I will <laughs> say that the in the future organizing this thing will be far easier. Oh yeah. Yeah. We're because we we had to write up all this documentation, all these. Yep you know, how-to guides, come up with the format for the video, Mm -hmm. you know, all this stuff. Now we know. All on brand new equipment we hadn't used before. Yeah. so Which is why you can see some of the fucked up green screen in a lot of the um, (laughs) the (laughs) videos. You just embraced it. Um, I I did take a picture. So the the weird thing about the video and the green screen and stuff is, you know, it's it's super cheesy and really like clearly kind of thrown together, you know, but um, I don't think... I'm I do not know if people fully realize the extent of how like amateurish our setup is. We said well, that picture out. I'm gonna yeah. set a picture yeah. out. But yeah, I mean we had the camera sitting on a cardboard, <laughs> on standing a cardboard desk. standing desk. Uh, we had just a bunch of lights kind of like thrown into this. Well the sort best of- one is that one of the lights we couldn't get far enough back because the the setup for the filming is right next to the podcast setup. Mm-hmm. And as a result, there's a huge moving blanket hanging from the ceiling between the two. To dampen sound. To dampen sound. And it was always, it was, the blanket so heavy that it was pushing over one of the lights. So we we're like, we need to tie this thing up. We're like, what do we have on hand? And we look around and there's just an HDMI cable. <laughs> so we tied a, we tied we, a moving blanket to the light pole with, with the HDMI cable. <laughs> mm-hmm. You guys don't even know, it's a duck tape canoe. I mean, we're, yeah, so we're, we're operating like, real fancy. Well, so I mean, here we are talking about like, oh ha ha ha, you know, our podcast, we used to do it in a bed, <laughs> right. you know, with a Kleenex box. And it's like, well, that's basically where uh, we're still, still there. Right. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. Well, that's the point. Is like, yeah, we, we've moved ahead enormously, but right. we're still just running. A, like, right. I don't know. This well, so I think there's <laughs> there's a few other cool changes that we want to do uh, based on some feedback. So one um, that we came up with was the idea of having coffee time each day. Coffee so, time. Coffee time. So, yeah. so because no one is actually, uh, only a few people use the VoIP channels, the yeah. voice uh, channels in Discord. And there was no sort of structured way for people to be able to just like hop in and meet people. Right? It's also, you know, a lot of people doing this are, are pretty shy and it's, in the, and they're right. meeting only new people. And right. so, really so we were like, well, that. how can we find something that that would prevent pro, or provoke sort of like a, a, fun, uh, interesting structure that was very brief, very brief window, like 30 mm-hmm. minutes. Yeah. For example, on Saturday and Sunday, it'd be 30 minutes in the middle of the day where we would all just hop into stop work on your game. Don't hop. even stop working. Just like, just hop and vote oh, and okay. hang out for a little bit. Have some coffee. Um, And just to chat, because I think that was one of the other things is is that people had such a good time meeting people and interacting with the community. Mm -hmm. And I think any way we can sort of bring that up a little bit more with the tools available, we should. Yeah. Um, Coffee time, of course, comes from our farm background, where like three times during the day, the farmers all come in for coffee time. Which is like tons of brownies. Because at 10 o'clock in the morning, morning, they've all put in a full eight hour work day. And they're like, it's time for a short break. And they go (laughs) and have a cup of coffee. And then they go out for another eight hours. Right. Yeah, you know, so get carbs and coffee. Um, uh, there's another issue that we got to figure out how to deal with, which we haven't talked about yet, and we won't really hear. But it's just kind of an interesting one, which is this fucking time zone problem. Yep. Yeah, because people, we it was awesome that we had people from just literally everywhere, which was just it was very cool. Uh, but because the social aspect is just so key to have everybody having a really good experience, but that's so negatively impacted by the time zone differences. Mm-hmm. That uh, there might not be like any real solution to that, but the solution might just be to get it big enough that it doesn't matter. That might be it. Yeah. So that, cause cause there's if we always have enough Australians, people... then they can carry us through the night. Yeah. And, right. and, and, and actually, <laughs> and largely, we kind of got away with that a little bit. There yeah. was kind of there was kind of always a good couple dozen people yeah. that were not necessarily all chatting, but like, at least were there and could mm-hmm. you know reply and see what. People well, this this reminds me of I don't know why, but this reminds me of how so in, in Eve Online is a worldwide game. Yeah. About twenty thousand. Well, Probably about 40,000 people played on any given day. Mm-hmm. But of course, everybody's all over the place. So there's this kind of joke that if you got 10 kills during a day, during like any given day, as somebody in the US time zone, it's like, meh, you know. But if you get a kill as an Australian, you like the best fucking player in the whole game, <laughs> right? Because there's nobody on. You got to find people. Right. So yeah, you got to go hunting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so I think a, f- <laughs> yeah. a few of the things we would do. Uh, a few people had trouble with the with how to do the itch page stuff. Yeah, which we should have foreseen, but kind of. Well, yeah, because I mean, about. it was the case that most of because most of our people were first time. Yeah, so it's it basically most people's first time getting an itch account. Yeah, and then putting the game up there, and then also you have to submit the game to the jam. And then we also required a video, which is yeah, which yeah. I don't think any other <laughs> event really does, and so I know that. It seemed like most people understood what it, why it is we did that and, and actually liked that fact, but mm-hmm. a few were pretty dang salty about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I think, yeah. But, having, but having now, having they're, okay. You know, they now did they're okay. It yeah, they're okay now. Well, so that was the, thing is, is the reason why we did it. Just to is so. So yesterday I put together a spreadsheet, of, which I shared in the Discord. so You can find it pinned there. Uh, but I put together a spreadsheet of everyone's jam games. There, so the rating page, the name of the game, uh, and uh, no, I, I totally just lost my train of thought but <laughs> i can link to it or something it'll yeah, link to the thing oh yeah and then link to the video that hmm. was it um so so just scraped all that stuff off of the web and so yesterday i just nestled down got my cat in my lap you know and i pulled up that that spreadsheet and i just went through video after video after video to get a sense of of every game and and uh there's no, 130 games in on this yeah, list right a lot i got through 60 of them hmm in about half an hour. Right. Because we said, make a video has to be less than two minutes. Mm-hmm. And, and of course, most people's videos, because it's just like some gameplay. They didn't have time. They also have never done it before. They don't have to think about it. Uh, most of the videos were still far longer than they need to be at two minutes. So I could just kind of skip ahead and find out mm-hmm. all, the, all the details. And so I was able just to blow through this list and I'll actually be able to visit every game. Yeah. I'll be able to see, see every game right. that got submitted which is awesome because normally in a jam, because you just submit an executable, that means I would have to go install 120 download, games, yeah. download it, find it in your downloads folder, yeah. open it. There's and play not a it. chance in hell. I'm going to spend the time yeah. to do that. Or <laughs> importantly that anybody else is yeah. right. Yeah. And so by doing this, you actually get to have people play your game or really not, not necessarily play it, but see what you've accomplished. Yeah. The other nice thing about it is that, you know, we, for this launch video this year, we put together a cl- bunch of clips of our jam games for the past. Now next year, Mm-hmm. We can put a bunch of clips together of people's jam games from this year. Yep. Yeah. For that yep. little interim. So, ne- yeah, for the next video, we can say, let's take a look at some of the games the that came out of, of the last Shenanah jam, right? jam. So, that'd be really fun. Throw some dubstep on yeah. there. Yeah. And I think, uh, so yeah. basically having a how to itch upload, a how to do the video upload for for YouTube. Super nice because things it literally takes it took us four minutes to do that. And we did it at 650, by the way. Yeah. Um, We we were we were cutting that real close. (laughs) 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 Um we used X split, which is why I was screaming. Yeah, everyone was like, the audio is really blown out on this. I was like, I was yelling and the mic was right next to me. I was I was (laughs) like good. Time yeah. passed. Yep. We also, yeah, we didn't, we didn't take any time because it also was just not an appropriate mic for that. We just didn't take any time at all. We we're just like, we need a video, a mic. video. <laughs> make a video and then <laughs> what, upload it. What's important is that people see the game. Yeah. It was so, literally, it was uploaded one minute before, yeah. before the submission time ran off. So yep. it was really funny because we, we were, we had entertained the idea of extending the deadline a little bit anyway for other people because we, there was a handful of people who we knew were going to, like the first time, we were there sorry. and there were right. first timers, but they just needed another few minutes basically. And, uh, and we weren't really sure. And then all of a sudden, like, we were one of those people who almost <laughs> needed it <laughs> too. Cause we just, well, we, so down to the we, I mean, the game that we made for this thing, I just want to reiterate, it broke every rule. Oh, okay. I mean, we'll, every- we'll get back to Snapbiz <laughs> in yeah. a second. But yeah, so, so we ended up extending the deadline by 10 minutes, mm-hmm. which I think helped another 15 games get in, which yeah. is awesome. Yeah. And then after that, uh, itch conveniently has a, a feature where you can add people's games to the jam so in right. other words if you miss the deadline you can just send us a note and then we can manually add you so I ended up adding another 15 games from that yeah. that happened like another 20 minutes or so later right. so well, and I think that's an important point is if you're running a jam yourself and want to have it be friendly to people who've never done it before don't right? don't be a dick about it don't be a dick about <laughs> it yeah just 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 cause it, but don't don't tell people yeah the deadline is actually 10 minutes later right. than this cause people will always get down to the wire right just be like oh yeah turns out you have an extra 10 minutes to submit. Because I mean, it was amazing because out of 130 games, right? That it to be 30 of them came were after within the half deadline. an hour of a 50 hour deadline, right? Well, and there's, I think there's a, a thing we should mention in the future for people mm-hmm. is that you can continue to upload new versions of your game after it's been submitted to yeah. the jam. So that means. Yeah, it's not a hard. We don't, we're not doing like a hard. Yeah, who deadline? cares? You know, yeah, the point is to make a game in a weekend. Yeah. So that's the reason that the timer is there. And, and there were a lot of people talking about like, whether or not it was fair to do it because they were trying to decide like, should I upload updates? You know, and if and 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 like these are these are your things. Just yeah. do what well, you Well, our want take on it too games. is like we're we're generally just so excited that so many people made games. So if you want to take some yeah. more time to do it, like that's the point. That's even better that's I the think it's the thing to understand is that the point is not the jam. Yeah. The jam is the vehicle by which you make cool games. And the reason that the jam is time limited is because you need that time limitation. Mm-hmm. You need that to be able to prove to yourself that you can actually make a thing in that short of so time. So the jam is kind of like the wedding. and yes. then, But that's just the gateway to the rest of your life. Yep. You know. Jams yeah. are a gateway drug. Yeah. Right. Kind of like weddings. Um, yeah. But yeah, The rest so, of your life is a marriage between you and the game you just made. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the only other thing that we probably change for next time is, uh, is, I think we'll keep a spread of themes, but actually reduce the number. I think just like five themes. Yeah, this is the, yeah. one of the primary requests yeah. was, and we don't want to do just one because we like having that variability. Um, but i think pairing it down to just a couple that way yeah, it was too many that way you just have like everybody's on some theme that other people are sharing cuz yeah. some people were the only people who got a theme um a bunch of us somehow got the sling and a banhammer one i don't know if it's people, people re-rolling. that was the first one we there got there was a lot of rerolling too really yeah. re-rolling. i yeah. think it's it's an enticing one just because it's like it's very it's action, very, yeah. action. One, yeah one thing that we've learned from doing so many jams is that is that themes that are focused around an object or around an action or both are really easy to work with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. So if you have a jam that's it like, reduces brainstorming time and Yeah. Obviously. So if you have if you have a jam theme that's just like feelings. Yeah. And you're just uh, like, shit, what am I <laughs> this could be literally anything, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's not a constraint. And I'll also just sort of add on to this this idea that you know you've now made a thing that's yours. You can do whatever you want with it. Uh, that doesn't mean that you should necessarily though. But I think this is an important thing. And this <laughs> is this is whether we're talking about the Shine Jam or just the own stuff that you're making if you Generally. didn't do it or just anything that isn't even a game, it doesn't matter what it is. Is always remember why you did a thing, right? The jam is basically to prove that you can and to practice and to experiment mm-hmm. and to, and to do that kind of stuff. It's actually not about making a, a commercial product. Uh it's about learning your limits. It's about learning your limits. And, and because you're under such tight time constraints, you're going to do a lot of things, you know, dumbly or hacky hackly or whatever, just to get through it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, the purpose wasn't to make a, a commercial product. And so, I know and we had this happen, have had this happen to us as well. And we see this happen all the time is when people complete a jam or complete really any project, the first thing they ask is, okay, how can I like, how can I publish this thing now? Right. You know, it's like sometimes you just need to not. Yeah. So consider, consider <laughs> and again, this isn't, what's, this what's isn't the a negative the thing. It's a uh, don't double down on a mistake just because you spent a lot of time. Making <laughs> yeah. It. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Which is to say this is a mistake. Right. Um, but it is important to think like there's a reason this exists. It is rough. It's guaranteed to be rough. Um, and and that's fine, and it's fine to not have to publish a thing that you made. It's fine, and in fact, important to make lots of things experimentally and then just throw them away and yep. never look at them again. Yep. Because those are, those are experimental, those are for you to learn from. And it's putting too much pressure on the thing and on yourself uh, to try to make that thing be yeah. a product. If you do accidentally make a game during a game jam that seems commercially viable, then by all means, go for it. Yeah. But, that but there's a good be chance a you goal. should just remake it. Yeah. So speaking of commercially viable games... Uh, <laughs> Snuppies? <laughs> what about Snuppies? So this game jam, I mean, we, we, it was funny because like, we made that intro video, right? Where we we're like, all right, so most of our games will come out of game jams. We find them to be transformative. Blah, blah, blah. I don't know. It just sounds like we're kind of pontificating a little bit. Which we uh, were. Which we were, but from experience. But also, it's true. Um, so conveniently, we made Snuppies over the weekend. Um, and people played the crap out of it and enjoyed it. I think we've had 140 games played-ish. 140 total online sessions. Yeah. yeah. So you can, you can hop and queue for multiplayer. If there's someone else in there, you'll get paired. Up. Well, importantly, that's out of about 50 uh, players, mm-hmm. but they get paired. Yeah. Right? So it's like six-ish game sessions per person right, who's yeah. played the game on and, average. Which is know, pretty good. Pretty good. We learned a ton doing it. And, you know, we were, we were looking at our, our current sort of slate of projects, which have been all secret. And we were like, you know what? This Snuppies thing. This is fun. Let's... Yeah. Let's do. Let's do. Let's it. do the snuppies and Which, people were asking Discord immediately. Wow. They're like, are "You guys gonna finish, finish this? Keep working on this thing?" Uh, yeah, we are actually. So the whole butterscotch ship is now uh, building Snuppy Run. We're riding. <laughs> we're riding the Snuppy train to so, town Yeah. So I know you thought this Shanda Jam was for you. It's for us. Yeah. Ha ha ha. We got you. <laughs> so we we found. But hopefully uh, you found it as transformative as we did. yeah So I think that's an interesting thing is, you know, we, It's one thing to have someone get up and talk to you about like, oh yeah, you know, running a marathon so incredible. It like changes your life, but you know if it doesn't change your life every time, then who cares? So, well, mm-hmm. plus when you run a marathon, it changes your life because now your knees don't work anymore. And, oh, yeah. so your nipples are super and your embraced. nipples are just shooting blood everywhere <laughs> like a fire hydrant. Pro tip: put some band aids on them first yeah. and after and probably because they're after. bleeding. Yeah, so, <laughs> so we are uh, we're turning around to to build out Snuppie's um and quickly. So we're sort of we so who knows, but. Embracing the Jam mindset, we're just going to go for it. We're not going to provide updates to it on the H page because now it's a thing. That, that is the archived original mm-hmm. snips. Mm-hmm. So for those of you who participated this weekend uh, and didn't get to play it, thanks. Because uh, you inspired us to build the thing. And uh, Yeah. It, honestly, we'll it. though, I mean, it was so many people started playing it that we had to make a new channel in our Discord yep. because it was taking over the Shenanah Jam channel. People just like trash talking each other, <laughs> which was amazing. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, it has online multiplayer. So,
1: yeah. The one thing I would say, if
0: we're going to make any update at all, there's exactly one, which is to make it so that you can have a private match with somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's already ready to go. We just didn't have the UI part added. Because if once we do that, then we can just let it sit there. We can leave the server running because it's really cheap. And people can go just play with each other whenever they Mm -hmm. want to. And uh, we're not going to make a free-to-play deck building game. Nope. Just so you know. It's not what it's going to turn into. So, don't even put us in that box. Not yeah. interested. I mean, in my <laughs> professional opinion, fuck everything about that. <laughs> so, I like, I like your opinion, Seth. Yeah, so that was, I think uh, that's the round out of the, the shenanigans Jam. So uh, thanks to everybody who participated. It was an incredible weekend. Um, and again, shout out to Yo-Yo Games for giving people keys to Game Maker Yeah, Studio that was amazing. And uh, blasting the message out and Giant Muskrat for feeding people. Just I also want to say, speaking of this whole like next game thing. Uh so Touch Arcade wrote an article about the shenanigan. And I was I was reading through it and I was like, yeah, fuck yeah. Mm-hmm. Touch arcade wrote an article about this. Mm-hmm. And then at some point in there they were like, do you think we're gonna witness history? Do you think we're gonna witness the like the birth of the next game? Oh, shit, and, I read and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> we already have other plans. I was like, we got so many things going on right now. And I was wrong. So, so they're good. Touch good Char- on arcade. you, Eli. Yeah. Yeah. I got a new story for you. Got snappies in it. <laughs> All right, so that was great. Jam was awesome. Also, very tired. I am also very tired. tired. I yeah. Yesterday, I woke, I slept in, and then I just kind of zombified. Well, I woke up and ran a five k with Fat Bard. Patrick. I kind of wish I had done that. And actually, that I, right it actually, I it got me going. So mm-hmm. I I I was a storm of energy for about four hours, and then basically a zombie. Yeah, by noon. So it's a good yeah. tip though. Post jam run, we did get a we did get sub thirty minute five k's though, both of us. It's good. good? I, no I think even when I was a, a cross country folk mm-hmm. back cross in countrymen. school, I think sub thirty was like my best ever. Mm-hmm. Even though I was running for like ten miles a day, <laughs> <laughs> at that time sub thirty was my nickname. Mm. But it was because because you were because you were under, under the age of thirty. Also, that was your defining characteristic yeah. at that time. Yeah, <laughs> it was the only thing anybody <laughs> about me actually sub thirty. <laughs> I'm Adam. I'm under thirty years old. You and like That's it. That's my whole. That's my whole jam. All right, so uh, we're going to get to some questions. I got a question for you guys. What? Whack. Are you down for doing like an extra 10, perhaps 15 minutes? I can go extra on half this hour. This podcast. This is a 100, this this is 100, is 100 episode. We had originally said it was going to be 100 minute that's a 100-minute episode. That's an hour 40. So that's that an hour be. from now. Let's go. That's also going to be pushing us really to the limits of what the the PodBot can do because the video that you made for it I it's think about is about an hour forty minutes. Is about an hour forty right, minutes. We're gonna get under that, so we'll go maybe an hour thirty three uh-huh. minutes. Mm-hmm. Let's put it just like just like we did the Shenandoah Jam, just go right. That <laughs> <line>. <laughs> All right, just write that. Line. Wait, is are, is it actually like exactly an hour forty minutes? About yeah. That video. Yeah, about? and it has an added problem, which you may view viewers you might notice is. That video was actually made in Game Maker. Yeah. So like, mm-hmm. the, it's it's actually a game project in Game Maker that we just recorded <laughs> for an hour. And that flop rocket that appears in the background. Uh, it spawns an instance of this flop rocket, which then flies away and it has like a particle trail and everything. And it's perpetually scaling up and stuff. So that it looks like it's coming. So out it looks yet. like it's coming toward the screen. Those flop rockets never despawn. Mm-hmm. And so every 30 seconds, a new one gets created uh-huh. and then they fly off screen and they're literally still flying and getting, so getting <laughs> bigger. Yeah. They're getting bigger. <laughs> they're, they're scaling up constantly. and so like and deploying particles. They're constantly emitting particles. And mm-hmm. so, so for an, a straight 90-whatever minutes, this game, every 30 seconds is spawning. So there's like 180 flop rockets flying through space by the time this <laughs> video is done. How big is the biggest one? Uh,
1: like, what, what's is, the what's got growth to be enormous.
0: I think they're scaling up by like 100%. It's like compound interest style? No, it's it's additive. Okay. So they're scaling up by 0.1. That's I was going to say, is there ever a point... Where if it flies for long enough that it, it gets so bigger. big that it yeah. overtakes the screen. That it comes back. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, so, yeah. The, yeah, it It'll up. scale by, by like 100% mm-hmm. about every probably f- like five seconds. By 100% every five seconds. Yeah. By well, not, 100% you know, of not its original size. Yeah, by okay. 0.1, yeah. So, those are there's some big-ass flop rockets. <laughs> and I think, the, so if you if you notice some frame rate decays, that's what's happening. <laughs> it's the flop rocket. All right. Uh, Let's get okay. on some questions. These Let's questions... Go. Come from podcast. net. They're asked by our B scotch ID users, our friendly neighborhood B-Scotch IDs. Mm-hmm. Uh, or some of them are anonymous, which is fine. You know, whatever if you want to do that, that's your thing. I mean, whatever. Right. Oh yeah. Actually, before we get into it though, we should probably tell people how to like look at the games in the shenanigans. Oh yeah. Yeah. Just probably. go to itch.io slash jam slash B-Scotch one mm-hmm. hundred, which is named after our one hundredth episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Check go, those. Out. Go play those games. I think if you're part of the jam, you can also rate other people's. If stuff. you're listening to this podcast in the future, just go to shenanajam.com because probably in the future that's where that we'll just will, link it it will just be. Yeah, how far to. in the future though? Because I don't really want to do that right now. Well, you're talking like, you're not talking. You're talking like a year or something. I'm talking <laughs> around the time of the next. Shenanah okay, jam, sure. Because we'll probably cool. do this then. So, all right. So our first question comes from Dark Silver Hawk, whoa. Whoa. which is intense, dope. It's yeah. a dope ass name. <laughs> Have you gained any knowledge from organizing a large game jam that you think is worth sharing? I think. So what we, about I the actual organizing part? Well, I think part. we. Did well, but yeah, I, think we were, I think we talked about it, right. Although, but, yeah, well, if we summarize it, though, great. Yeah, use itch.io if you're going to organize. A but it does have it has some limitations, but not nearly enough to offset all of its benefits. Mm-hmm. So just yeah, yeah, just do that. And there's one other thing, which is keep the opening ceremony of the jam short as fuck. Yes. And to the point, it should be about lighting fires under butts, yeah. not about talking about all your advertising. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we we do the global game jam every year, and holy hell, is that a snooze fest in the opening ceremony? There's so many ads. Yeah. It's yeah, like know, it's, be it's literally I mean one. yeah, it's it's literally it's a two hour long opening and the whole time is like a teaser. It's like the theme's coming. Didn't the we theme. actually just as soon as we we actually left early this year. This year we went we went, we were there, and we were there for like twenty minutes and we were like, What the fuck? And and then we, then we, we just left, and we texted our audio guy, we're like, tell us what the theme is whenever you get it. And he was like, And then a couple <laughs> months later he was like, Waves. Right, like, great, yeah. thanks. And so so we organized a thing locally called the Scattered Jam, which uh which was run kind of like the Shenandoah Jam, actually. Mm-hmm. But we, we kept the opening ceremony at 10 minutes. We get in there, we had sponsors. We we're just like, thanks to these people. We put up a slide with their logos on it mm-hmm. and then we moved on then um, announced the theme. So keep, you know, understand why people are there yeah. and don't drag shit out. Yep. Respect so. their time. I think providing a, a good uh, communal space is fantastic. So yeah. whether it's Discord or whatever sort of, uh, you know, as it goes, chat, That's absolutely a necessity. And, and I think then, trying to organize stuff through it because people won't, won't just kind of hop into it. Cause they're kind of, people are generally afraid to come into a new community because, right. because of a long list of reasons, but you know, some of it's just hurdle stuff, but a lot of it's just because they're like, I don't know those people, you know? Uh, so if you, if you just make it really easy and even essential actually to, to join that community so that people just get in the door, because once they're there, they can also just ignore it if they want to. Mm-hmm. They can just lurk um, they can, or they can just lurk. And actually still most people just lurk. Right. Um, but it's fine because even if you're just a lurker because you're you don't want to join the chat or or whatever, you still get to feel like you're part of the thing yeah. by seeing all these other people talking. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So actually, not just having a be there, but also really encourage, really people funnel to people do it. into it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So all right, our next question comes from Vrolin. Hello. Eh. I just Hello. wanted to say thank you for introducing me to game jams. Although I entered almost a day late because I was determined to listen to all of your podcasts <laughs> First? until the present one, and I did not get up to date until the day of. Mm. So we started talking about the Shenanah Jam on episode like 95-ish or yeah. something like that, 94. So he's probably like, oh, i he's probably coming this, up. He's like, this is a nice podcast. And, and then, then like, he heard about it during the Shenanah <laughs> Jam. So That's sorry awesome. about that. Yeah, well, thanks for participating. That's awesome. It was first, a first timer. That's yeah. good. Yeah. So good. Hope you do more. Yes. Uh, all right, so next question comes from Marmadukean. How do you guys feel about one game a month? One game? Mm. One hashtag gam. one gam. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's, that's a the, website called right. One Game a Month. Yeah. So the hashtag is one gam, mm-hmm. which is hilarious. One gam. Yeah. One gam. Yeah. I. I. My answer is the same as always, which is depends why you're doing it. it if you're just building like repeatedly bad things, then maybe don't. <laughs> but if you're taking <laughs> the time, what's the point? Well, well and unless we talk, they're getting better over time. Well, right, right, no, that's that's it's fine. like well, that's yeah. They, everything needs to get better over time. So that's you know we. We sent out that uh, the post jam email that included a bit about doing a post-mortem, about oh, yeah. your mortem. By the way, if you didn't open that email, just please go read it. Go it's, read it. It actually is full of useful Yeah, things. This is yeah. a weird, this is a sort of a revolutionary idea that we have as a sort of as a company is to but send you useful things. We try to send people useful things. Yeah. So we sent you a thing. <laughs> you should probably because there's something in Take there that's it's, it. it's good. Yeah. So this, uh, the, the post jam email had this section about how to do a little post mortem for yourself, including basically some starter questions and then an example of some of my notes that I took from the jam while it was going on. So we're, we, if, if you're engaging in, in something like one game a month, that's fantastic because you're getting more practice doing it. But it's only fantastic if you take some time after your one game a month, and evaluate what you did, and say, okay, how did this go? How could I do it better? And also, what's the point? Because there's an interesting thing about just doing the one game a month thing. The question is, uh, again, why? You can do one game a month. It focuses on on action, but not on analysis. Right. right? So, and the thing the jams do just jams do the same, same thing. thing. So, one game a month is basically it's a month long game jam. And the reality is that if you don't take the time afterward to think about everything that just happened and really sort of pour it in well in a good way toward the future, then uh, then there's no point in doing it. So what about one game every other month, sure. where your intervening month is for working on larger projects, applying the lessons you've learned, and thinking about the previous month? I don't or care. I don't one care. game every is. other week, just think about it, where a few days are spent thinking about your. Yeah. Or maybe one game as long as every think hour. about it. Yeah. Maybe maybe six games a day. Yeah. But every other hour. This, right, yes. Uh hashtag one T Gam, one thoughtful game a month. How's nice. Yes. Ooh. Because doing doing things without thinking is pointless is, and dumb. Yeah. You might as well be a dog or something. Yeah. You know. Which sounds, actually, pretty, sounds pretty great. <laughs> <laughs> they seem pretty happy. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, actually if you're happy not thinking about what you're doing, by Go all means, it. keep at it. Yeah. Just underst- just understand just understand that understand I don't want to buy the thing that you made. Yeah. yeah just don't, <laughs> don't don't publish it. Yeah. Uh all right. Uh next question comes from joste.93 question from another developer what's your opinion on game piracy and how do you handle it great podcast guys smiley face mm, game piracy you want to take that one adam yeah well and we talked about this a fair bit on the podcast and they kind of spread throughout but i'm not gonna force you to go back and listen to all of them to find out but you should you know, though. we said you should yeah. though but that might yeah. also take you about 90 hours i guess 100 hours and then you're gonna to miss the next game jam like <laughs> uh but uh we we've uh we've thought about piracy quite a bit and for us the question always comes down to uh does it like well, i guess it, for a lot of this stuff is does it actually impact us does it what, what's the consequence of piracy to us and the reason people are so gung-ho about fighting it is because they believe that that piracy basically takes away you know sales of the game they're trying to make or takes away something from the people who are playing the game uh in that it gives them a sense of unfairness or or, or something right um we've kind of come to believe that it then it by and large doesn't matter. But that's that's not completely true. But for the most part, it doesn't matter because people who pirate games, we've actually found from our own data, uh, are almost guaranteed to not buy our games even if they can't pirate them. Yep. Which means it's a fully independent market. There's a piracy market. It's right? a fully independent market of people who don't want the thing that you made, but they'll... They'll have it. They'll have it, but they're not not, going to, they're not (laughs) going to, they're not going (laughs) to trade money for it. Right. Right. But it's not even just people don't care, but it's also people who can't afford to buy it or, or whatever. There's, there's an, there's many reasons that people um, pirate. It does seem like most of them do it just because they can, um, Mm -hmm. but there is also a subset who just don't have a choice and and so on. Uh, And so we don't want to worry about like why or, or all that kind of stuff. We just want to say there are people who will not buy our stuff, but who will take it. Mm -hmm. And, And then the question is given that they wouldn't buy it anyway, does it actually matter? Yeah, so there's well, there's another interesting edge to it too, which is that if you provide really useful uh, sort of community interaction points, mm-hmm. like a wiki, right? Someone who's a pirate uh, might actually, you know, look at it. It doesn't say that they won't get into the game, that or, or that they won't provide some value. community. Yeah. So that's that's the the hard point about like you 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 need to treat them like a separate market that just doesn't care, right. that's not interested in buying your thing, but they might still be a fan at the end of the day, which right. is the weird piece about it because they're still one of your players. Yeah. So, but also it's just, if it is frankly just fucking infuriating, like when you look at your sales numbers and then you look at how many players you have with your analytics and it's a tenfold difference on More the, on the people playing, yeah, <laughs> right. on the people playing who just like took yeah, the cause game. Cause you have 10 times as many pirates. As yeah. I mean, I think do. there's an understandable sort of human reaction there, which is like, Hey, yeah, yeah, not, I mean, so <laughs> yeah, I used to have that reaction and, uh, and now I absolutely don't at all. And it's a lot of it's also because to me, a pirate is the same as a free to play player in terms of like yes. what they are to a, to a studio. Right. Uh, because your average, and by average I mean 99% of your free to play players, get your game, they play it. Most of those play it for 30 seconds and then never again. A subset of those who are left play it a lot and don't actually buy it, and they just suffer through ads or, or usually block them, probably, right? Um, but a pirate's actually the same deal. Is most pirates are pirating a fuck ton of games. Mm-hmm. They're pirating everything. Like they have they have software on their phones that all it does is download pirated copies of games constantly, mm-hmm. right? Or they'll do a thing where they have like they have the the in app purchase fraud fraudulizer. Right. Yeah. Just makes they just sell all like, the purchases, It's a program right? that just runs in the background. They boot up a game and, and then this program just everything. automatically buys every in app purchase that it can. Right. So, all right. just I don't so know, you know, know how that's an enjoyable experience for everybody. <laughs> and for those of you who didn't know this existed and now kind of want it, just so you know, if you do that on our games, it does know that you've committed fraud. Yeah. And it yeah. Will, it's little, really easy to detect. I yeah. Mean. It's easy to detect. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but so. So this is it's this separate market of people. Uh, they most of them, even though even though you have you know ten times as many of them, they don't give a fuck because mm-hmm. they have infinite free games that they don't give a shit about, right? They they haven't invested anything into this into this thing that we made, which means that sure there are ten times more of them, but it's not ten times more people who also like are playing the crap out of the game and you know getting all the value that we try to put into it and all that. Um, really, it's probably a very very small fraction of that. Um, so, like, I mean, it, I think the the making the Macinda free to play players is a good way yeah, to go, I right? Think because it's like, basically the same. You know, it's one percent of everything. Well, that, cool. but that's exactly it. Is is all games are free to play mm-hmm. because of pirates right? Right. Uh, Your pirating players are just the free players equivalent of, of a free to play right. game. There is really no important difference. Um, but so you in have that the, sense, it has the matter. added benefit that there's a there's a, a framing advantage, exactly, right? right? Which is like if you make your game free to play, you owe those people like customer support and whatever, right? You don't really because owe that they to a still pirate. have a legit version of the game that right. they're right. not paying you for. It. Right. right, you don't owe that to a pirate necessarily at all. Yeah. And in fact, we we have they might our, think you do, but you don't. Right? Yeah, you don't. <laughs> well, in, like in our contact page, we even have a thing where you're going if you're trying to submit a bug report or something. It actually asks you, "Did you pirate or hack the game?" Because if you did, we're not going to provide support. Mm-hmm. It throws your support request in the trash. <laughs> actually, it doesn't it, I think. I think doesn't. it still comes to us. Yeah, it but... still doesn't, but I the offer is still on the table for me to make. It uh, yeah, yeah it was, I so, like the idea, but I don't know, yeah. but there there is one real consequence though uh, to to all of this, which is that it does impact decisions that we make when we're making games. Mm-hmm. It adds constraints because we have to we have to design games knowing that most people who play them are not paying for it. And the more enticing a game is, the more people who, when they steal it, will actually play it instead of just like play it for 10 seconds. So we deliberately away. make our games worse to try to cut. <laughs> well, no, it, <laughs> it's, it's, that, it's that we have to, we have to say what, what is the consequence? What happens if most of our players are not paying us for this game? Mm-hmm. And the thing that that impacts the most is, is anything related to players doing stuff online. So real multiplayer at sort of the, the far end of that, where we have like lots of bytes that we have to keep track of and throw around uh, lots of processing and so on. Uh, although hacking is a bigger deal than piracy for that because hacking is what makes other people have a bad time. Yep. And so, so now all of a sudden there's a real consequence because now one player's decisions and their, and their behavior impacts the players who are actually investing in this thing that we made. And, and the fact is, even if it's two pirates playing against each other, if one of them is also hacking and making their person have a bad time, <laughs> I would rather just two pirates play with each other. Yeah. That would be well. Harder, and here's yeah. the crazy thing is if somebody hacks your game and that adversely affect like so player A hacks your game, that adversely affects player B who has right. a legit copy or whatever player B goes and gives your game one star, yep. not because of the game, but because, but because they did. had a bad experience because yeah, you a as time. a developer didn't stop the hacker from right. ruining so, it. so the reality is that there, there are actually quite steep costs uh, to the fact Very that steep costs. tons of people steal our shit all the time. Yeah. But, um, it, but it's not on the side of, people buying the game correct it's kind of everywhere else and then it's but then the, this, is why we can't have nice it's this is why we can't have nice idea things. but then it's also because doing multiplayer stuff is enormously expensive from a development standpoint and from infrastructure standpoint mm-hmm. because if we want to have a true multiplayer game then we either have to set up a systems to allow people to connect to each other directly uh which is probably that's the strategy we're going to be trying to take so that we don't have to manage all the data that's being sent mm-hmm. uh, but we also have to manage uh uh, so the, so that, that just has a high cost. But We also have to manage then hacking at least to some extent. People have to be able to report each other in some way. But we also have people who are neither hackers nor pirates who create other enormous problems because if we provide tools to use to like report a hacker, right, who's ruined a game experience, people will just use it on everybody. Yep. Because the, like the person coming into Discord and just dunking emojis on yeah. everything. It's like <laughs> because some people just want to see the world burn. Yeah, right? it's, just, it's just this general anarchy, right? Right. And, uh, and, but also they'll use it as a, as a suppression tool because people hate losing even you, yep. you know? So, so when they lose, they want to make sure they have some way to, to, to have revenge, right? It's and actually, if if over, they can report somebody for it, then that's what they'll do. Yeah. So Overwatch had this problem where mm-hmm. you could blacklist a player and say, I, I don't want to play with this person. And right, people, would just, people would use this to make sure they didn't play against people who were good. Yeah. And yeah. so there were, there were a few people who were like, you know, professional tier who mm-hmm. just had a harder and harder time getting into okay. matches because also playing against good players uh lowers your matchmaking, right? Because right. you lose. Mm-hmm. And so uh people didn't want to they want people want to seem good at the game by having a high rating, but they don't want to actually lose they matches actually right? so, be good. Yeah, they right. want to actually be good. They just want to have a good rating. And it's important so, to know that that actually it's I don't think it's most, but it's a large fraction of people are exactly like this. And so Well so, it's like if you play Rocket League. If you go into the normal matches, uh, if people come into your game and they see that you're down by a point, they just leave. Yeah. Because like, it's only only worth, yeah, I've played, most of the time when I play a normal Rocket League match, I will have up to six teammates in a five minute game in a two v two match. Yeah. Right. Because my one teammate will come in, leave, another person comes in, leaves, and it's like just a revolving door. Right. Because for some reason people have this idea that even in an unranked match, it's only worth playing if you're winning. Right. Yeah. And if you're not winning, then why bother? Yeah. Right? And, which is a and for, especially for competitive <laughs> multiplayer, I, it might even be most people are like this. Right. Uh, which then makes it really difficult for us to have nice things. Cause yep. we have to figure out how do we design this game so that people can just play a full game um, so that when people beat others fairly in a competition, they aren't some, we, the other players don't somehow break the game as a consequence. Right. right? And, uh, and I mean, so we have to design our, our games and any multiplayer system we come up with design all of this around those facts. We have to find out how to make something that allows for that behavior because you can't get rid of it. It's, it's just, it's just a fact of, of existence. Mm -hmm. Right. And so we have to, it it becomes a series of design constraints. So it, so, so piracy, hacking, all these things dramatically impact the kinds of games we make because we also can't make a game that is really costly for us in internet resources Mm -hmm. from servers running and stuff. We just can't do that because we know that most of the people playing our game are not helping us pay for the costs of those resources. And it's enormously risky to us if we make a really popular game, if we're if we're so lucky, that also costs us money per user. Mm-hmm. It's hugely risky. And so we have to do everything we can to not actually do that. Yeah, I know. I know for a fact that we've lost uh, probably at least a good week of time to handling support requests or other requests from people who turned out to be who hacking not share their games. Yep that's on wild goose chases and stuff. And the reality is of course that for those of you who do pay for our games um, and do fund future development of other cool games uh, that should probably make you pretty angry (laughs) (laughs) because the reality is that that means you get less stuff from us. Yep. Yeah. That uh, we're, you know, a week behind. Yep. Yeah. Piracy actually, because of its impacts on developers, piracy and hacking both. And again, I would actually say hacking is 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 worse. worse, honestly. And and I know it's funny because a lot of people like if you, if you're hacking a single player game and then never complain about what Sure, how you fucked everything up right. and want us to fix it. I don't give a shit. Like do, what do you whatever want. you want. Right. Uh, but the moment you've had, you hack your, uh, a multiplayer experience or the moment you ask for a support request because of something that you changed, uh, you, you have now made it so that fewer games come out over mm-hmm. time. And that the games that do come out are different than they otherwise would have been. Yeah. Because uh, but, time is the most precious resource and that's what you're taking away that's what you're from taking the taking and, and so if you're, you as a person who's, who's trying to, who, who thinks that like, oh, this stuff is harmless and so on, it might be if you do it in a way that actually it's is harmless. harmless in the sense that nobody's dying. Yeah, but, but it does, it does have a real <laughs> impact. And, and that real impact actually just comes right back on, on you, the player, right. Mm-hmm. Uh Or on your, on your fellow players um, or on, you know, you because other players are doing it or, or whatever uh, the, well, it impacts us a lot in terms of it slows down development time enormously So like the reason that everything on like on the website and multiplayer and all that, the reason all that stuff. Takes a lot of time and is hard is not because doing it is hard. It's because of the sheer volume of security features we have to put in right. because people want to break it. Right. Here, here's the thing that bugs me about hacking, though. Hmm. I just wish people were more creative about it. Yeah. You know, because like we the the behavior of a hacker in Crashlands is so predictable. <laughs> right. You could just there's a that we actually here. we actually put together a script. It's like it's like 15 lines of code mm-hmm. that we now run anytime somebody sends us a support request and we pull their save down. We run this. Very simple check, and it's just like a thumbs up, thumbs down. It's like, yeah, they hacked. Yeah. Like it's so because, like, right. everybody's just hacking in the exact same way. <laughs> right. They're doing the same thing. Well, they're using the same tools and they're doing it for the same reason. Right? Yeah. It's, it's like, yeah. can we not get a support request where somebody's like, so I, I turned my character into a pot of coffee and <laughs> I also made the game multiplayer and it works. Yeah, right. And it works, but I have this weird bug. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, like that never happened. It's, interesting. Yeah. It's always somebody just like, I gave myself 30,000 bombs <laughs> and everything broke. It's like, well, and, yeah. And then my favorite one, I also set time to negative time. I set time. <laughs> uh, yeah. I made the time negative. Why? Yeah. yeah. Just as a note, if you're going to hack Crashlands, don't do that. Cause... Although we did actually, in an update, made, make it so that time can be negative. Time can be work. negative. Yeah. But don't expect things to respawn because things respawn, you know, based on the timers of the game. And if mm-hmm. you set time to like negative 1,000, that's a long time in the past now and nothing's going to respawn. Yeah. So. <laughs> You know, again, don't be don't be weirded out <laughs> if you hack the game and things stop working. Uh, yeah, that's some complications, but yeah, but so I guess the short answer then is we're in a, I think I think we're in a very healthy kind of mental space about mm-hmm. piracy, um, where we just know it's a fact. It's a fact of being, and we're not trying to compete with it, which is what a lot of studios do. They try to put lots of DRM and stuff, uh, mostly because we know we can't, and also because those very same people are the worst people in the world to make angry about something yep. because they get a lot of time because they're, cause there's a subset of them. Again, many of them are just fine. They just do it because they can or whatever, but there's a subset of them who, who really do want to watch the world burn. That's basically their right. life goal. And even though there aren't that many as a, from a fraction perspective, the there's number enough. of them yeah. is fucking enormous. And the last thing in the universe we want to do is give them a reason to just come at us mm-hmm. uh, because now all of a sudden, our time is even more so not going to making games, but instead going to defending our personal lives from God knows no, what no, horrible. Yeah. You thing generally don't want to do antagonize any community. No, you do not, because they're a community and they all. Or belong. importantly, do things that that to them are antagonizing, right? Because right. If, if all we do is block piracy you know, in an effective way, which doesn't seem like it should be an antagonization, right? Mm. It actually is to that community. Right. Of people. Yeah, because yeah. how dare we? All yeah. right, so we would rather just design <laughs> games differently so that it's not. So it not, doesn't so impact a big us deal. or our honest paying players um, when people do pirate or hack the game. Which is a hard thing to do. But It we'll is very on. hard to do, but that's that's how we have to do it. All right. Next question comes from Anonymous. How did you guys meet? It's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> well, a well, long first, time ago. First, I was born. Yeah. Then will a little while later. All of a sudden, Seth was also. Yeah. And weirdly, to the same parents. Yeah. Mm, that's and the kicker. We were also, you know, <laughs> and then we lived in I'm the not same Shyamalan house. i Couldn't have written this. script. Yeah. no, it's very. But then get this. Yeah. Then also Sam was born yep. to those same parents. To the same parents. Yeah. Which the odds. I mean, if there's seven billion people in the world, and the odds of the three of us being born to the same parents are super low. Right. You know, this is clearly fate. <laughs> so it's just statistical... All ended up in the same game studio. I mean, yeah. How weird is that? If you right? took any random sampling of three people in the world out yeah. of the seven billion, the odds of the three of them being siblings is... It's true, actually. Very low. Astronomically. Unless low. it's like that birthday paradox where it's actually like a one in ten. It's, <laughs> <Yeah>. it's <laughs> actually like one out of three people are just they're each other's brothers or sisters. <laughs> uh, just, just by chance, just we by put chance. them in the same room. <laughs> uh, which is a great way to illustrate how, how uh, statistical fallacies come coming to How be. numbers mm. are stupid. Yeah. All right. <laughs> they can be misleading. Uh, next question <laughs> comes from Koolaboola, who said, Any chance of uh, Adam making a robot tutorial? Hey, why don't you, make, uh, don't you show the world how to it? Wait, make- wait. Is it a tutorial for robots? Or a robot that builds tutorials? A robot that builds tutorials <laughs> or a tutorial about robots? Well, here's the robots. thing. If you made a robot that builds tutorials, it, that robot could also make a tutorial about how it was made. That's so true. then you've already solved the mm-hmm. problem. But presumably only if it wants to, I guess, which means I have to program that desire into it. So then, <laughs> yeah. so then really, I, I guess I made it. All <laughs> what is my purpose? Uh, yeah. I, I, so there are a few tutorials that I, that I want to, to make. Um, there are the stuff that I do has some sort of weird complications to it. In particular, it's a lot of it is on the web running servers and, and that sort of thing, which means there's a lot of private, you know, butterscotch right. data. That's just like part of that. Um, so you would have to sort of make a separate, tutorial so I'd have to like server. Yeah, exactly. And then like obfuscate some stuff, which might make it harder to understand. So, so there's some complexities I have to figure out how to. And you're work working in first. multiple programming languages and operating systems, and operating systems. Yeah. So there's a lot. It's of... It's not the same as just opening up Game Maker and <laughs> yeah. making a spaceship <laughs> move around. A lot more right. dimensions. It's a little bit different, but uh, but if I can get like OBS or something running on my Linux machine, because that's where I do all my all my fun Linuxy development, um, that might work. And even if not, I can still I can still do stuff on Windows. It's just very aggravating. So you know, well, I think the biggest thing is also that we finally have the equipment to do it, and we're getting yeah. we're going to set it up a little bit better, so it's easier for us to actually make these. Yeah. videos. Once it's easy to make these videos, then all of a sudden, a lot of the barriers kind of go away. Yeah. And it's and just so you know. So we have all of our desks are in a basically a, a two row two rows of three desks that are smashed together All glommed together. And for Seth to make his tutorial videos, he had to move the green screen from the recording dungeon, the recording dungeon into the office. Mm-hmm. Basically, take up the entire row. I had to do it on a weekend because it annihilated the entire office yeah. Yeah. area. Yeah. So we're we need to get that fixed so that this <laughs> right. is just easier. So, so like I can come process. down and be like, oh, let's let's put together an Inkscape tutorial. Yeah. Anybody do needs to be able to just jack their laptop but, in to the yeah. to the so recording studio. We saw, we saw the uh, the value. That's where we're getting that going. But there's a question when it comes to robots, though, which is that all robots are made to solve a specific, mm-hmm. very specific. Problem. So what problem do you want? to see solved so there's not really like a generic robot right right? but uh but but there's lots of stuff that i I could do videos on like doing node putting up servers that are doing stuff for you where the task itself doesn't really matter there's there's that kind of stuff that we could do that's sort of in the general case but uh there's not exactly like a how to build a robot yeah because a robot isn't just a robot it's a it's a Thing that solves a problem, yeah. So, so it's really how to solve problems. A robot that doesn't solve a problem is scarcely a robot at right. all. Mm-hmm. So you know? so I guess my my approach was going to be to say to to instead of kind of focusing on like how to how to make a specific thing, is to is to is to make some videos about um, you know using Node, using Docker, containerizing things, how to design um, programs that are that have mo- lots of moving parts, uh, so that you could then use that to make a robot. Because um, mm. I think that's probably the only way. To do yeah, it. people are gonna to have to fill in some blanks on that one. Yeah, but we can also <laughs> do some we can also do some stat stuff and in th- in things too, right? Because because a lot of what robots are doing is is parsing data and retrieving mm-hmm. things, and so so gonna talk about you know web scraping and how to how to be respectful of other people's servers because that's a thing that you that mm-hmm. I learned I learned a while ago on accident because I just hadn't crossed my mind at some point. I wanted some data. And so I wrote a little robot and just had it like blast Google for a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. And all of a sudden I got IP banned from Google for like four hours. Right? Because, <laughs> because, because uh, they saw they're like in they're, and, and I was using Python and Python self reports as Python. Right. And so, hmm. so presumably Google saw a whole bunch of clearly a robot. Cause it was like, Hey, I'm a robot. Right. Hey, uh, Hey Google, I'm just, a robot. <laughs> mind if I, yeah. And hitting <laughs> them like every, you know, 10 milliseconds or something for, for a page <laughs> which is not normal behavior from a browser. Right. right? And uh, and they were just like, oh no, we'll just turn that off. Um, but now I've learned now that we're running our own servers. I also don't want people doing that to us. Right. And uh, and for some for certain future things, when it counts, I will be putting in defensive measures that prevent it. Because now I've done that. Put it in a heat run. shield. So there's stuff like this mm-hmm. that you wouldn't know until you do it, which would be also fun to have as part of right. the of a tutorial series. So so I am I'm cooking something up, but I don't know what it's going to be exactly. A little more complicated. A little more complicated. Yeah. And speaking of tutorials, we got another question from Vrolin which says, Seth, I love your good programming tutorials. Any chance you will make one to show us how you do programming animation in Game Maker? Mm-hmm. Uh, probably. Sure. And I'll put that on my list. I'm also going to be writing up a tech blog post soon, and we'll we'll be linking to that, and that's going to be on that very topic of how we yeah. do some of our mm-hmm. programming animation. So stay tuned. It'll also be kind of cool because since Seth now has a full suite of scripts and things to, to manage the way that he does animation it'd also be kind of cool just to show that in action, you know, be like, now Here's- once you have this system in place, what does it look like when you say, I'm going to make a game where my Here's what this could this. look like. Here's how quickly and, you know, and, right. and rapidly I can actually now animate something. Yeah. And actually one of the, one of the things that has been keeping me from doing the uh, tech blog post was having a sort of like easily accessible character that we can show to people mm-hmm. uh, that is big enough that I can use it. But we now have the troll from Snuppies. Yep. Yeah. So I think I'm just going to use the Snuppy troll. Nice. Yep. So um, everybody loves trolls. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So the next question comes uh, from. So we have we have a couple sort of art slash design questions. Mm. Uh, one comes from Retro Banana Man NL, <laughs> uh, which again is the poor the poor fellow lost his banana man license. His mm-hmm. yep. non licensed banana man. Uh, how did you come up with the shapes of the monsters in Crashlands? Was there any idea on what they should look like, or did you make them all up during drawing the monsters? So what's the process? Yeah. So my process is very different than, uh, than everyone's, the other <laughs> the other people's process in that uh, I just get into Inkscape and they just start working on stuff and it's always design driven. So rather than starting with a drawing and then saying, how do I convert this into Inkscape? Um, I say, okay, for the, for the Wompit, for example, you um, crash of the first enemy in Crashlands, which looks like a sort of cow hippo with one leg. Uh, the, the whole point of that thing was to have a creature that would that would stomp on people because we decided that it needed an AOE attack. And if that was attached to the body, it'd be easier for people to like punch it more repeatedly. So um, Cause early game, we wanted to make it an yeah, easy, easy way to start combat. Yeah. yeah. So uh, that was the that was the point. And then I think I don't think I even marker boarded anything. I think I just started building an Inkscape. Um and started putting this thing together. You probably just start with the leg, even because you're like it's gonna stomp. I think I start. I always start with the eye for some reason. Oh yeah. So for some reason, getting the eye nailed down. Just like the best thing to Sets do. Sets the tone. Because it's also, it's such a small piece. But it's also, it's the thing that makes something feel alive, right? So yeah. Then, so now it's like alive and it's got character seeking. So, so basically what you're saying is it starts looking at you. It starts looking at you. And you're like, tell me, tell me your secret." Yeah. So, yeah. So you people feel like eye. its soul is screaming as you just mean, probably most warp it. Pretty weird thing. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so actually one thing that I would do, I forgot about this, but uh, but I would grab later on in Crashland's development, Um, when it came time, we were like, oh shit, we just need six creatures. You know now, so build those. Um, what I would actually do to start is just go and look at the previous creatures, grab an eye that I liked that I thought was good for the whatever this thing was, mm-hmm. and then just use, just put that on there. I was like a placeholder eyeball while okay. I worked on the rest of it. So it's got to have an eyeball. Yeah, so I would actually just throw shapes in, um, usually a circle because we have circular collision masks, so it's useful. Um, throw a circle down and then just start like bending the shit out of it in Inkscape. Uh, and at some point, I'd be like, this looks good. Whatever that means. It's got an eye on it. Sounds good. Um, put a mouth on it. If it has one. If it doesn't, whatever. Perfect. Um, less, less things to draw. Yeah. Tifa made a, a hilarious observation, actually, which is that I, d- I don't draw noses. Basically, yeah. ever. That is true. Yeah. Um. That's one of the one of the secrets of woe-nope. No one has noses. It turns out uh, nothing really smells like anything on that planet. <laughs> so know, Maybe they just use their ears to smell. I mean, well, there's, there's, They've already got holes. There are they, occasionally yeah. nostrils, nostrils. But no, like... No the drum have noses. They, they do. do. And, I, and I remember you made that Tendram and I was like, can that not have a nose? Can, <laughs> I, can we remove that? Because I was like, something about it felt wrong, like it wasn't supposed <laughs> to be there. Well, so comically. Because nothing else has it. Like Hardik from Child Fight doesn't, doesn't have a nose. nose. Yeah, well, comically uh, on, on Saturday, Tifa was putting together the snail puppy, the Snuppy from this uh, game jam game we did. And she drew it. And I was like, hmm, there's something wrong with that. I was like, get that nose off. <laughs> 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 and she deleted it and then it looked good. Um, he just noses, and then the just man. today, yeah, she sort of realized that apparently I just don't like noses. So never put a nose on something because it's just like yeah, I don't want to deal with that. You don't need a nose; yeah. you just need an eye. Like the thing—the thing that makes something alive—is an eyeball. But I think also when you're like we're talking about like cartoon art and stuff, and especially when you're doing kind of going into the grotesque and want to be able to make mm-hmm. things be really weird, eyes and noses look the same on cartoons. Yeah, there's just like a dot, a black dot, dot like a black right? Dot, right? <laughs> and so I think probably I know certainly I think for me anyway, but maybe that's also what what your kind of reaction to you is is that. As soon as there's also a nose and an eye, like now it's now redundant, you know, well, it's not just redundant. It's actually, it <laughs> it's causes confusion. Real. Yeah. Cause then yeah. now you look at it and now you have to decide what that part is. That's exactly what happened actually. Yeah. Cause that snail, that snail that she had originally made, the nose drew so much attention. Yeah. yeah. That it looked right, like either it has, an eye little, mouth. Eye has little eye stalks coming up. Yep. Yep. But then there's far, far enough away, away from, or something. Yeah. 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 So you're like, is this a cyclops yeah. screaming at me? I don't know what it is. Yep. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I guess I'll, just say that, that I just get into Inkscape and then start going. Um, it's not necessarily a good way to do it. Though. And this is an important note. Um, which is that, uh, Tifa's basically been teaching me how to actually sketch beforehand, mm-hmm. which has led to actually some better designs in game because I get to explore some ideas before getting sort of feeling locked into something. Um, so it really depends on what your what your approach is. The the shape point is the interesting one because that's the thing that determines the tone of everything. So if it's supposed to be something cuddly, then you don't make it sharp looking, right? Don't use corners, don't use triangles, that sort of thing. If it's um, friendly, don't make it a red spike covered in blood. Yes. Uh, it's a friendly murder spike. Although spy. I bet <laughs> Tifa could make a really friendly looking murder spike. Oh yeah. Tifa could yeah, make that's anything but, that's yeah, really friendly. So <laughs> it's a talent. Um so yeah, I th- I think that's the, the approach should just be to to create as much as possible and, and whatever lets you do that the fastest because that'll help you figure out what your process is for, for doing this stuff. Mine is very different than everybody else's. So I feel like it's probably not good for me necessarily to speak on it. <laughs> well, but it is, I think the advantage is it's, it's good to know about different processes. The advantage is that it's built around function, right? Right. And so when it's design it, focused, yeah. So when coming to the and, and tech, tech limitations, yeah, yeah. But I think, I think saying it's design focused is a little bit too airy because thinking about like design, like what I, is design? But if you think about sure. it in terms of its function, in terms of how this thing goes into the game, cause I even think about, it's so like the BAMLY. Mm-hmm. the BAMLY actually turned out from an art standpoint. We were like, yeah, it's going to do, it's going to do kind of like the Womp, but it's going to like fly up in the air and stomp. But then we added the electric stuff later mm-hmm. because we we're like, ah, shit, it's way too much like the Womp, it, Right. right? Um, and so, cause all we wanted to do is we, from our perspective, we said it flies in the air and stomps. And so you put those fins on it right. so it could slap the ground and launch itself, but it still didn't feel much different. So then we just threw electricity on top of it mm-hmm. we're like, there, now it's an electric one. <laughs> <Right. laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, the, the, the way the creatures end up sometimes also kind of gives a, a different perception of what it was. You oh know? yeah. Cause like by, yeah, yeah. by throwing electricity onto it or like a poison cloud or something. Even though that may not even be present in the art, uh, it still carries through into the final version of the right. creature. So, my favorite thing too is if you make something that's just really vicious, but that is adorable, then people have a, like a really incredible reaction to it. So, yeah. Timo from League of Legends is just the best example of this. Where, yeah, yeah. that character is just this little adorable like Boy Scout with a blowgun, and you're like, oh, he's so cute, and he sounds adorable, and then he's just they refer to him just as Satan, <laughs> just Satan because and I think it's it's actually the conflict between his image and what he does <laughs> yeah, yeah. that just like makes you angry at him so that's Actually, also offensive. enter the Gungeon is a good job of that too right mm-hmm. cuz like cuz everything's about guns and bullets and, and literally like right. everything which is if if you want to look at good you know like through and through design choices or perhaps like, overly done or maybe automatic over... dr- drive yeah yeah <laughs> I mean, so later, like literally everything is a the bullet, castle right? is a gun <laughs> the castle's a gun uh well, this is a oh, first, the first the first boss also is all eagle though Yeah, a with a gatling gun, gun. <laughs> it's the wing no the, the... The wing goal. The Gatling goal. Yeah. Gatling, Gatling goal. Gatling. Yeah. 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 And, uh, but, but, you know, through and through it's, it's that, that same um, decision. So it's a good, it's a good example, but, but everything is cute. Yeah. Also, so cute. right. Like the bullets are like, they're coming after you and shooting you. With, well, also with more <laughs> but bullets. They <laughs> but they, but they like toddle and they got the, yeah. these cute eyeballs and faces, you know? And so it's good it, that, that contradiction makes that, makes the, I, I think just makes that art style. It's like yeah, the fact really that they fun. just took this, Horrible thing, you know, things that murder other stuff using guns, but then made it all cute, and then took that all the way through. All the yeah, way well, back. that's that's the key point. Is yeah. if if everything in the game was like hardcore blood murder, blah blah blah, and then for some reason there was this one like enemy that was an adorable bullet that yeah. shot bullets <laughs> at you. <laughs> You'd be be like, right. what? What does this do? This here? doesn't. This is Dark Souls. Come yeah, this is making that is actually part of like with the Timo problem. Actually, is because it's kind of the only thing that really does that. You know? Yeah, I mean really? they, they did it a little bit with other characters, but I think it's because it's the all of his all of his skills involve like insidious ways to kill someone, which is yeah, poisoning yeah. them or having them step on a landmine. When you're like <laughs> right. he's across the map, he doesn't give a shit. You just like you walk into a bush and die because yeah. because he's Satan. So, <laughs> so I think it's it, it has to do with the, the mechanics as well. Yeah. But I think, yeah, I think engineering first, I think, is almost the, the art approach that I take, mm-hmm. which is not standard. Uh, practice. Yeah, I think, yeah, it's it's the combination of the adorableness and then the fact that he, that he causes un, uncontrollable, unpredictable deaths. Yeah. You know, much like Satan. So. <laughs> yes, right. Uh, all right. So next question comes from The Brick, mm. which is, I think, the third cousin of The Rock yeah uh, so the brick <laughs> yeah, said, the concrete is the second cousin yeah then. yeah uh i just watched the do what you want talk by seth and i have a question i love all of your guys games but they can suck my time away how does your work ethic unite with creating video games and how do i keep a game life balance mm. so the question is we're always talking to people about hey <laughs> have control of your time and then we while simultaneously throwing things at them <laughs> that are going to suck all their time away. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, yep. I think here's, here's how I square this. Uh, I don't actually view this as a contradiction or anything because the, the core messages that we try to get across people is to be deliberate with your time mm-hmm. and your energy. Yeah. Right. So don't allow, don't allow yourself to mindlessly fall into you know behaviors that you lose control over, and so when it comes to games or whatever, uh, as long as you are, as long as you know what you're trying to get out of it and do it on purpose, then you're fine. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much it. Yep. Yeah. Even so, if that's like, I'm gonna go binge watch The Bachelorette. Yeah. yeah, but the thing is, like, go. make an make an event out of yeah. it. Yeah, you know, don't don't binge watch it every single day for on accident six well, months that's because, because on just accident, that's because yeah. that's just what you do. Right. You know, um, you know, do do it on purpose. Make a decision. Go after it. I mean, it's still the case that anytime a new Fallout game comes out. Yep. i am going to just spend a weekend on it yep that's just what's gonna happen that's just, that's just what's gonna happen yeah. my, my <laughs> wife and i're gonna we're gonna sit down we're gonna get our laptops out we're mm-hmm. gonna get some wine and some snacks and we're that's what that's the weekend right anytime a new terraria patch hits. same the deal my wife too. yep, yep. And, gotta do it and, and but there's a reason for that which is that this is a thing we get to celebrate enjoyment of together you know and any, and you don't have to have, do that with another person either right you can just do that yourself too uh, where you just say, like, this is, this is a thing that I value because I think it's, it's really fun. It's a thing that, or it's got some nostalgia pull on it that I get to then go refill, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, and then just just making an, an event out of that thing. Yeah. This is just like the one game a month thing, you know. Do it, but do it thoughtfully. Yep. Mm-hmm. Don't be a dog person. Yep. All right. <laughs> yep. All right. Uh, next question comes from Koolaboola, who says, I don't want to show people images from my game. Okay. Because they might steal it. Untrue. Do you ever feel like that making a game? Like you want to show it, but then you don't want to show it, you know? I know that's the question. So so we've we've gone to a point we used to think that, I think, with a few of our early games. And then we realized as we got further in that it's it's basically just not the case that people are looking for game ideas to steal because the game making is not the hard part. As we've discussed many, many times, um, the reason we don't want to show people images now is actually because of marketing. Yeah, that's why we don't want to show people pictures. Um, yep. I don't, I don't care. We want to, we want to build up hype in the best way possible. Yeah, and and, and also know what our product is because the reality is that we because of how because of how we build stuff and our, our design philosophies and stuff. Um, the games, the game shifts a lot over time, and so do the visuals. Uh, yep. Up until you know maybe halfway through dev, and so if we start a little bit too early then we might accidentally seed the wrong ideas in or not be able to take turns so so we actually don't think about it from a people stealing stuff standpoint but rather from a uh, giving true. us a hard time yeah. on the marketing front it's, yeah. it's still the case that a lot of times when people write up blog posts or something about crashlands they use gifts from yep, from the halfway first way through development or like a quarter of the way through development where we had systems in the game that don't even exist the environments were completely Mm -hmm. different everything was different i cringe every time and people are like like, look at this game and then they post a gif that is nothing in that gif is in the game the character isn't there Mm -hmm. nothing is there yeah so so the reality is people don't want to steal your stuff that's basically it. Um, there or, are if they well, do, some people do, but it's unlikely that those same people can actually execute it and then publish something. Right. Well, here, here's the thing. thing: there's you know there there are there's the one high profile case that we know about, which is the Vlambeer one, which is ridiculous fishing. Well, I know of two, but yeah, we'll no do one? that one first. Yeah, so yeah. in ridiculous fishing's case, they uh, they posted video or screenshots or like that before they were done with mm-hmm. dev, and then someone built a game called Ninja Fishing, which was just the exact same game but basically reskinned that they ninjaed. They did Ninja, which is pretty you know, yeah. good on them for yeah. pulling Respect. this theme all Respect. the way through. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh there—that's the one case I know. Which one are you talking about? Um, I'm thinking about Flappy Bird two specifically. Mm. So there was a there's a person who we know who uh, who is a game reviewer, but who also has a hobby of cloning other people's games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um And this person, uh, when Flappy Bird was on the App Store, this person made a game and called it Flappy Bird 2. And again, I can't believe this person is a game reviewer. But anyways, (laughs) uh, they called it Flappy Bird 2 because everybody else was trying to make Flappy Bird clones. They were just called like like Jumpy Goat or, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever, and Mm -hmm. just like throw those two kinds of words together but still clone the concept. Um, Other people would call it like Flappy Fish or, you know, whatever. And this guy just decided he was going to steal the name put a two on it and pretend like it was the sequel. Mm -hmm. And so a bunch of people started playing it, but then he got lucky because the creator of Flappy Bird panicked with all the success, pulled Flappy Bird off of the store. And then Flappy Bird 2 was then the next top result. Mm -hmm. People searched Mm -hmm. for Flappy Bird. And it was just a straight clone anyway. So people got what they wanted, which was to play Flappy Bird. Um... So, like, those are the kind of circumstances. And this was after the game was out. Right. right? So this is, a, this is a little bit further along than, you know, the mm-hmm. idea of, like, I don't want to show people my game in pre-production. Right. Um, but I think it, it does stand to reason that the simpler your game is, the more you have to just be thinking about this possibility. Yeah, because, mm-hmm. you know, if, it, if it's really easy for someone to just build the game that you're making in, like, a weekend. Yeah. Um, like, so Flop Rocket. There, yeah. is, there is an... You can, you, you right now, if you have Unity, you can go into the Unity asset store and buy a, a $15 package called Clony Rocket mm-hmm. that somebody made, somebody rebuilt Flop Rocket in Unity, which by the way is a terrible idea because Unity is a 3D engine and Flop mm-hmm. Rocket's 2D game. you I don't know why you would do this, but you can. Um, so, so, <laughs> you, so you can, possible. so you can buy somebody else's version of our game and all the source code for 15 bucks. Um, because flop rocket is a really really simple game mm-hmm. to put together, mm-hmm. so you know. But but their clone is worse though. Their clone is yeah, worse. It's it's hundred percent worse. Which is um, also the point that nobody's cloned Crashlands. Yeah. You because it, it's a <laughs> yeah, it's a big ass game. Yep. Um, and so the more action oriented, the simpler the mechanics are, the easier it is to clone. Do you think people so. are gonna clone Snuppies before we get it out? No, I don't think they're fast enough. Yeah. Cause we're going to be operating on that shit full time. Yep. yep. And well, unlike I, ridiculous fishing, it's not going to take us a year to put this thing together. <laughs> right. so. Well, but, but even if it did like the, a lot of it has to do with what kind of personality and, and storytelling, right. Make the game, right. Because it is, well, while, while it's not illegal at all to steal a game idea and make it cause like ideas. And we always say, and believe that ideas are worthless anyway. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, uh, how you actually make it actually is a thing you can own and how it looks right right so if we have you know nobody else can publish under butterscotch shenanigans right nobody else could publish with a title of like Crashlands, for example because that's trademarked and it's hard uh, to hit our art style it's very, very hard to hit art some of the games right. and everything yep. and and actually because ours is so unique the closer you get to it the more likely it is that we can come after you for infringement yep, right? yep. <laughs> uh, which is which is not true if you're making like pixel art for example like like ridiculous fishing with ridiculous fishing you know you can't like you can tell it's a Vlambeer game if you like you really know of Lambier games, mm-hmm. right? Because they do have a have a style. Um, but if it's you're mostly in things like there's like the screen, screen creator, shake, screen and game, shake. Right? And yeah. But if you're if you're an average consumer, every pixel game looks the same, and so you can't tell the difference between two games about shooting fish with machine guns that are pixel mm-hmm. art. You just really can't. Um, but you will be able to tell the difference between uh, you know Snuppies and guppies <laughs> multiplayer wrestling. guppy wrestling the card game right flappy, snubs. Uh, <laughs> flappy <snubs. laughs> uh you'll be able to tell the difference. so even if somebody gets it gets it out before we do right um and then we launch our game shortly after uh no one's gonna care they're there we live in a separate market actually right. because because our art style is so unique and we have a universe that our stuff lives in and then we have stuff like Beescotch id where we can but there, there's basically stuff that we that is just ours it's clearly butterscotch stuff uh, and so now it actually just doesn't matter if people steal our things anymore, you yep. know, because it's it's because they're not stealing our thing; they're just making something else. They're just making something else. It's not going to be as they, good. It's going to be totally different. Exactly. They, they just can't actually steal it. It's not it's yeah. not possible. And again, if they if they do, it is just illegal, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> right? To get to the point where it impacts us, it's just illegal. Right. And then while while the stores mostly don't care about anything, um, they will act on if. Too slowly, but they still will act on infringement. Uh, infringement. So I guess your real defense is to make something unique, yeah. or not necessarily the thing, but make it uniquely, yeah, yeah. so that it's hard. Which to... is what you should be doing anyway, because that's how you can actually market it and successfully, successfully yeah. sell it. All right. So, so our... if you're, yes, yeah, so I would say if you're really worried about somebody stealing your work, you should actually take move that worry to a different place, which is that you aren't making a thing that's really commercially viable mm-hmm. if that's your goal in the first place. All right, so our final question hmm. of episode 100. Congratulations, guys, by we the way. Episode 100. But we're not survived. at an hour 40 yet, though, right? Because We're at an hour, hour 30. 30. Okay. Oh, yeah. okay, okay. So we're, gonna up. Up. we're riding this down the wire. Question comes from French Toasty. <laughs> nice. I don't always like school, so I consider that work. I mm, like yep. programming, so I don't consider that work. Correct. Is it reasonable that I might consider school to be more work, even though I am technically doing more work, programming <laughs> your definition you, of work is getting <laughs> slippery yeah, you gotta and what i think is that's important right because people have a slippery definition of work and they mostly mean it to say to mean making a chore that i don't like right um so when we say it, work yeah. we actually mean You're doing stuff the thing we like to do yeah. but we also often just sometimes say that's just work though right mm-hmm. referring to things we don't want to do so we we also use it as in a kind of a slippery way yeah it's tough to ride that line yeah but your your work should be something you do enjoy. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, school is more work for you than your work is for you. Yeah, I, I would, assuming you assuming you're you mean it's bad. Yeah, <laughs> so I, would, yeah I would. just What I would do, and what I try to do also just consciously is is change those words to to be chores and right. work. So work is a thing that I like throw my being into and like and I'm trying to get better at and and actually enjoy even even when it gets rough because it does you know but but still enjoy it because of of what I'm trying to get out of it and chores are just things that have to be done, mm-hmm. but there's, there's no way to get around it. There's just a thing that has to be done that I can't, that I have not figured out a way though I have tried to pull some value out of it. Um, and you will find though, that if you take that appropriate mindset, um, you can turn anything that is a chore into work. Mm-hmm. You know, Yeah. Like when I do the dishes, that's now, that's now, it's actually just work now. It's not, a, it's not actually a chore, you know, cause just, I find it, I find it, I find it a nice time to, to peacefully kind of, You figure out how to think think. about it. Exactly. It's meditative time. Exactly. Time to do some dishes. Mm -hmm. And actually, most chores, once you turn them to work, you do that just by making them meditative. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad I get the opportunity to walk around my yard for an hour, pushing a a mower around because I get to think about Mm -hmm. things. Listen to music. Listen to this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Maybe listen to Coffee with Butterscotch. Yeah. Yeah. But you probably already are if you're hearing this. So, not likely. All maybe right. Not while mowing, though. Not, well, I can. I mean, yeah, because oh, yeah, I use scissors, so uh. Uh, <laughs> that takes a while. All right, so that's all we got for for this for episode 100. That's Hope you enjoyed worry. the extra the extra thirty. I'm getting hoarse. Mm-hmm. My throat is hurting. So, anyways, he's also tearing up a little bit because mm-hmm. just tearing so up. packed am I'm tearing up in my throat. Yep, hundred episodes just so that's just salivating the- though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but seriously, thanks everybody for for being with us yes huh, for this it's been a it's been a hell of a ride thing. uh so here's to another 100 episodes mm-hmm. all right so we'd like to thank our producer fat bard for making us sound good that's always a nice thing mm-hmm. uh, and we'd also like to thank the bscotch dev team Andy, Tifa, and Sure for continuing to build stuff while we're in here doing doing this thing Uh special thanks to our community moderators who keep our discord and forums up and running uh, and of course, we'd like to thank our listeners for coming back every week for a hundred weeks mm-hmm. uh, to, <laughs> to listen crazy. to us. It's super crazy. Uh, and if you want to get more involved in the Butterscotch community, you can, as always, hop into our Discord server at bit.ly slash discord and come say hello. We're in there sometimes. Mm-hmm. There's a bunch of other random weirdos are in there. So just come, come say hi. It's good people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, we don't advertise this show, so we depend completely on word of mouth and good reviews. So if you want to help us get this get this show on the road uh don't <laughs> put on, on somebody else's on somebody else's it's road. already on your road presumably yeah uh and of course head on to iTunes or wherever you get your podcast and give us some stars hopefully 5 of them uh, or whatever the maximum number so thank you everybody for listening we'll see you next week for episode 101 Woo. bye bye, bye.